1: Thank you, Dr. Akin. We give praise to God for what he is doing through the Churches of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. And as he said, I am a strong proponent and advertiser and promoter of Southeastern Seminary when I am in our churches across this state. I want to say to you that I'm grateful to have this opportunity to be here with you today. And I am humbled to have the opportunity to speak to the students and the faculty here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I am grateful for the partnership that we share together as we have numerous people on the staff at the Baptist State Convention who are either students here or they are married to students who are here. And uh, we've got great people in doing that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm just honored to have this opportunity to stand before you and open the Word of God and share with you today. I realize that we are... Coming up on Palm Sunday in the Easter season, and I thought about that for the setting of the message. But God has, as I had been praying over a period of weeks, what God would have me to share with you. I'm, I'm coming back to really focus on something that I have shared the same subject in different churches because it ties in very closely with the strategy that we have of the state convention of impacting lostness through disciple making. So through the convention, uh, we are working to lead North Carolina Baptists to become more involved and engaged in creating a disciple-making culture with people all around us. I am sad to say that as Southern Baptists in the past several years, we have dropped the ball in that area. And we're trying to give focus to that, and and I hear about it more and more across the Southern Baptist Convention. The title of the message that I share with you today is Building Faith-Filled Families. Now, as we're fulfilling this strategy in trying to help create a disciple-making culture, that means to help prepare individuals to experience eternal life And then help them grow in that relationship with Christ today I'm going to be focusing on the home and the family and responsibilities as we have as parents and also grandparents and some of you might say but Milton I I'm not married you will be one day and you will have children and so my hope is that even though it, what I share with you today may be a reminder of truths that you know, I hope that it is going to be a challenge to you to put some of these things in place if you are not practicing them. But also the desire that I hope to achieve here today is if, whether you're serving a church now in a leadership position or whether you'll be serving churches later, I would ask you to please emphasize within those churches the things that I'm talking about today through this message is because one of the best places to begin creating a disciple making culture is within your family. So locate in your Bible or turn on your cell phone or pick up your tin can, whatever ways you have of communicating and, and locate in your Bible, Joshua chapter 24. And um, I'm gonna be reading some verses from that and then in a few minutes within the context of the sermon, we're gonna be looking at a passage of scripture in Psalm uh, 78. But let's read Joshua, Joshua 24, I want to read verses 14 through 16. Will you please stand for the reading of the word of God? And I'm reading from the uh, New English Standard Translation this morning. Now therefore, or English Standard Version. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But here is the thrust of the message. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may be seated. Father, prayers have been prayed, preparation has been done and now I stand here before this audience of people to open your word. And God, I pray that by your spirit, you would speak to us now. Quicken our mind, Father, to things that we need to to learn or things we need to be reminded of, but also bring us to a point of commitment to that which you are calling us to do. And Father, we'll give you the praise and we'll give you all the glory for that which you will do for we pray through Christ, amen. As you probably are aware, the book of Joshua came about at the time in Joshua chapter 24, uh, when you know that he succeeded Moses as the leader of Israel, and you know that he was leading the people into the Promised Land, and now coming down to the to the last years of his life, when he was uh, uh, near 110 years of age, uh, he assembled the Hebrew families and he gave them his final message. Sometimes we have that opportunity when we will leave a particular church or a place of responsibility and you know that you're speaking to a group of people maybe for the last time, but imagine yourself as Joshua who had led the children of Israel through all that they had encountered over these past years and he's coming down to the end of his ministry and so now he stands up before them and wants to give to them admonition for the things he hopes they will not forget. So as we read from these verses in Joshua 24, verse 14, and and it comes down to the place where basically, when he says that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, but he said, you people choose who you will serve, but as for me and for my family, we are going to serve the Lord. So today, I feel impressed to talk with you about relationships, family relationships, and responsibilities within those relationships. Can I tell you a a little secret about today's family? Things are not like they used to be in the traditional family. Let's look back and remember how family life used to be and, uh, and think about how different it is today Can any of you remember, and I know that I'm dating myself here a bit with this, can you remember a TV program that used to be on called Ozzy and Harriet? Any of y'all remember that? Okay, some of the older people in here, we remember that. And then there was also a popular TV program like Leave It to Beaver, that was there. These television programs were to convey what family is like. There were good family values taught in those things. But then some of you might remember the Waltons. How many of you remember the Waltons? Oh yeah, more of you remember the Waltons. You see, in those days, especially when when families lived more in rural areas, in rural farming communities, the families oftentimes, as you saw demonstrated in the, the program of the Waltons, their grandpa was still living with the family. The families lived together, they worked together, they ate together, they played together, and many of them prayed together And the parents and the grandparents were very instrumental in teaching children principles for life. And many of them led their children to faith in Christ. If I were to ask for a show of hands this morning, some of you would indicate that you became a follower of Jesus Christ. Because your parents or your grandparents led you to trust in Jesus as Savior. But I know in today's culture, there are many people that would say, no, I I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have the opportunities like some of you had. In today's culture, we are so busy that we take little time for family fun and spiritual activities in our home. Now, I realize I'm preaching to a seminary crowd this morning And I I, I would hope that it's different with many of you than it would be if I was preaching this message to people in a local church. But I think that too often we take too little time to do things with the family and have family fun, but also to practice spiritual activities within the family and home life. I want to ask you what I consider to be a very important question. Parents, how are you... Preparing your children to face the moral challenges that they are facing in a rapidly changing immoral culture. We have got to help them prepare. In reality, as parents and also, I would include grandparents in this. We have designed, devised plans to help shape our grandchildren and shape our children's future by putting money aside so that they can go to the kinds of schools we want them to attend. And we try to get them in activities to help prepare them uh, to be able to achieve in life and do well educationally and do well uh, relationally with others. But the thing that I think about is what is your plan to help your children develop into spiritual maturity? When I hear the stats that are out there about the number of kids who, who even might, they might grow up in church, but when they leave home and go away to college, the percentages are scary about how many of them never return to church. And I'm afraid some of that is happening because we are not doing an adequate job as parents and even the influence of grandparents to develop our children into spiritual maturity after they come into the family of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remind us this morning that God desires that our marriage and family relationships will be lived out in accordance with the blueprint that he has given us in his holy, inspired, infallible, inerrant word. Just in case you wondered what I believe about the Bible. You see, the Bible is all truth, and it will not change just because some people change their own belief system. Isaiah said it best. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. My wife and I have two little grandsons, nine and 11 years of age, and I'm thankful for what their parents are doing to to teach them spiritual truths, but I don't just leave it to them. I get with those boys and I I teach them the Word of God and I teach them that the Bible is the Word of God and I will even make them say that to me sometimes, boys, what is the Bible? And they'll say, it's the Word of God or it's God's Word and I say to them, boys, I want you to always believe that because you're going to face some times in life when people are gonna tell you that the Bible is not truth, but it's all truth, it is the Word of God. In Joshua 24, verses 14 through 16, Joshua is making declaration about the most important foundational unit of his nation in that day and also in our nation today. What do you mean? The basic unit of this nation is not our government. It is the family. And as marriages are strengthened in Christ, it helps the children. When families live in obedience to God's word, our churches will be stronger. And I want to suggest to you two principles from these Bible verses that help us build strong, Christian, faith-filled families and provide our children with a solid foundation on which to build their life. The first promise that I were challenged that I would give to you is, become a strong spiritual leader within your family, as Joshua said, as for me. See, Joshua made a strong declaration to the people, telling them who he would serve and who he would obey. And over the New Testament in Ephesians chapter five and six, God's intention was that husbands and fathers should love their wife and exhibit spiritual leadership in their home with their children. How do we do that? Well, there's one aspect to look at for personal spiritual growth. Let me just remind you of some things. If you're a student here, you are not here by the direction of God just for a theological education. You are also here to help determine what God is telling you that he wants you to do with your life and where he's going to lead you to do that. You are also here to grow spiritually and demonstrate spiritual leadership with your spouse and with your children. I cannot emphasize the importance of that so much. Even though you're busy in your seminary classes and even though you have a workload with your classes and you have to work a job you cannot forget the responsibility of spiritual leadership in your family so what do you need to do you need to spend time alone with God in consistent daily fellowship In addition to your preparation for exams and preparing messages that you're going to preach, you need that time to spend along with God in fellowship with him. Meditate on his word. Pray and ask God to give you wisdom and strength to be a good example, dads, before your family. And if you're not doing it, get with some friends around you, dads and moms, and help each other to grow in your walk with the Lord. Pray together. That that is a great blessing in your life to get with friends and spend time praying together and to have accountability to each other about your own spiritual growth and your walk with the Lord. That's for your personal spiritual growth, but what about spiritual leadership within your family? Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter six, verse four, Bring up your children in the training and instruction from the Lord. Where do we get that? We get it from the Bible. Men, it is one thing to say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It's another thing to really live it. Spend quality time with your wife. Spend quality time with your children. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter five, verse 25, he said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I know as men we might tend to like that other part there in in Ephesians five where it says, wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands in the Lord, but don't forget what he says. Your wives get that, you don't have to convince them of that. But remember, men, what God is saying to us. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. You ever ask yourself the question, what makes your wife know that you love her? Ever think about that? Do you help her? Do you understand she's carrying responsibilities with the children and sometimes trying to work a job to help with income? And you say, but I'm busy doing all these other things that I don't have time for that. Yes, you do. Do you ever just take time to listen to her? Maybe you can't fix some of the problems that she's dealing with, but it means a lot just to look into her eyes and let her look into your eyes and listen to her. What are you doing that makes your wife know that you love her? You need to grow spiritually together with your wife and with your children through Bible reading and discussions and pray together and minister to others together. It's good to involve children in in ministry activities and mission things that you're doing to set that role model for them to teach them, but also take time to do fun and enjoyable things with your family. Men psychologists say that the image that your children have about you is a major factor in developing their image of God and their understanding of him I'm going to give you some examples here I'm going to give you one example to avoid and two examples to imitate Well, I was at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and you might say, Milton, you're a North Carolinian. What were you doing going to Texas to Southwestern Seminary? I know there's a lot of Southwestern grads in this room, but I'm gonna say to you, I went to seminary 40 years ago when I was 27 years of age and this place was not then (laughs) like it is now. You need to be thankful to God for the way this seminary is now. But when I was there at Southwestern Seminary, a very prominent professor, very respected professor at that day, and I'm not telling you anything that others don't know because he told this to us in class. He said, I will not hang my degrees on the wall in my office because it is a reminder to me that when I was earning my theological degrees that I was so busy in doing that that I neglected my family and I lost my children spiritually and they do not serve the Lord. And his heart was so broken about that. Don't imitate that, be careful to avoid that. But let me give you another example example that you would be familiar with, J.D. Greer. J.D. Greer's testimony and the reason I put J.D.'s picture up here is because you know him and you, you know about him as a pastor. But I have enjoyed listening to J.D. Greer talk about the influence that his father had on him. J.D. would say that I knew at an early time of the morning where I was going to be able to find my father. He was going to be with his Bible in his hand at a certain place and he was going to be on his knees before God. And you can see the influence that that had upon his life and I really think that J.D. Greer is a great man and he is a great pastor I thank God for things that are happening through the summit church locations and I can't promote individuals that's running for a presidential office (laughs) but anyway I think he's a great man I think he's a wonderful leader Let me give you one more example, and you are very familiar with this one. Your president, Dr. Danny Akin, and I don't say this because he said some kind things about me a few moments ago. A couple of years ago, on a Father's Day Sunday, I sent Dr. Akin a text, and I said to him, you may feel strange getting a Happy Father's Day text from me, but I just wanted to say to you that I appreciate so much that you and Charlotte have had with your sons, and the kind of godly influence that you've given to them. And guys, I know those sons, and I know their involvements in life. And those are the kinds of examples that we can imitate. Parents, can I give you three practices to follow that will cause your children to remember positive things about you, even after they're grown, And maybe even when you're gone some of you don't remember one of the greatest pastors we've ever had in the Southern Baptist Convention who's now with the Lord dr. Adrian Rogers but I remember listening to him preach one time when he was talking about how to be good parents and he said this be firm be fair but be fun you do those things Your kids will have positive memories about you even into their adult years. Now, there's one more principle here in Joshua 24, 15 to help us. When he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. So the second and final principle is this. Lead your family members to declare their allegiance to God as Lord of your home. You see, strange beliefs were present in the people living all around the Israelites at that day. You remember what he said before? If you wanna to choose to serve these other gods, it was not popular to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but Joshua declared that his family would serve the only true and living God. And he knew that he could say that because he said, we will serve the Lord. I believe that Joshua's family had an agenda. They felt that no matter if everyone else chose to live in disobedience, those people living around them, if they wanted to choose to live in disobedience to the commands of God, they were going to serve the only true and living God. My brothers and sisters, God tells us that we are to pass the teachings of God from one generation to the next. And now I want you to look at Psalm 78. Psalm 78, as we read some verses here from Psalm 78. When he says that I will open my mouth in a parable, and and he says, I will utter dark sayings from old, things that's on the screen, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us, We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord in his might and the wonders that he has done. Because he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, to the next generation might know them, even the children yet unborn. And arise and tell them to their children. And what was the purpose of it all? So that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. That's very clear. And you know from Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven, where the scripture says, you shall teach these things diligently to your children. Those of you who have who have children, and those of you who want children and will have children, I am very confident that you do not want your children to be influenced by growing culture that does not recognize Jesus as Lord more than they are influenced by you and your Christian belief system. But I tell you this, in the culture that we're living in today, and what they see on television and what they hear, either we will influence our children through the gospel or this pagan culture that is becoming more hostile toward Christianity will convince them of their false beliefs. Don't not believe that. And I hate to use a double negative there. Dads and moms, do your children see Jesus in you? Do they see Christian virtues manifested in your life within your home? You know, what you are at home is what you really are, not what you portray in the church. Do your children believe that prayer in time along with God is important to you? Do you consistently pray for their salvation and their spiritual development. Oh, there is such power, such great power in parents praying for their children. I have a son that's 42 years of age and I still see now prayers that God continues to answer that I prayed for him when he was a child. Solomon tells us in Proverbs, train up a child when the way should go. That is talking about intensive training, not a flippant passive thing, but intensive training that we're teaching our children the things that God has taught us through other individuals who are passing the torch to the next generation. How do you do that? Do it at mealtimes. Read and pray with them at bedtime. It's good to discuss with them things they're hearing out in the public eye or at school. The things that they're watching on television, you need to point out sometimes things. What you're seeing there, what is being betrayed when through sitcoms they are making fun of Christianity, help your children to know that is false, that is not right. Monitor their internet use and warn them about internet prowlers. John Piper made this next statement. Within the Christian community, The main link between what this generation knows and what the next generation will know is the link between parent and child. Oh, how I believe that. We must pass the torch of Christianity to the next generation. We must help them develop spiritually. At times they may get wayward But I tell you if we're passing the torch as we should in teaching them, ruined lives can be salvaged and lives can be transformed and you can help your children develop a love for God and a desire to serve him if they see evidence in your life that you love Jesus. You can make a difference if you'll take the time to invest your life in your children and teach them the truths you learn because others invested in you. Who will lead your children to faith in Christ if you do not? Are you taking the time, really, are you taking the time to invest in their spiritual development? There is a verse in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, that when I think about it, in this way, it kind of haunts me. It says, Matthew 16:26 reads this way, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, here's the way I think of it sometime. What would it profit a man or a woman if they should gain all the popularity that they want, if they could achieve all of the things that they want, but yet lose their children, what will a man or a woman give in exchange for their family? I hope you're not thinking i don't have time milton i know what you're talking about it's important but, but I don't have time well there are people who are very busy but yet they've taken time to do it but to put a picture up on the screen of someone that you would recognize a man named truett Cathy. you know him from chick-fil-a he was the founder and chairman emeritus of chick-fil-a restaurants he's now with the lord Most of you may know, but he was a Southern Baptist churchman known for his commitment to 1,800 restaurants, 1,800 restaurants in 40 states being closed on Sundays. He was a very busy man. But you know something else? He took time to teach an eighth-grade boys Sunday school class for 52 years He took time to invest in his children. He was a strong, positive influence with his own children, and that continues to be lived out in their lives. We can't say we're too busy to reinvest in the spiritual development of our own children. All right, I'm finished. But I ask you this question. Did God place this message upon my heart? And people, I'm preaching it from conviction. I thought, you're preaching to seminary students, you're preaching to faculty members. Did God place this message upon my heart for some particular family members who are here today? So I ask you, what will you do today or this week? Following the offering that will be received, As was mentioned, Dr. Mark Smith will be down here to give you a book, Faith at Home. And yes, if we run out, we'll be glad to send you one. Just give us the information. And also a brochure that we've prepared helping you to know how to pray for your family. But I remind you that the most valuable earthly possession that you have is your family. Please, model Jesus within your family. Don't squander this gift that God has given you. Father, thank you for the honor to stand before these people and present what I know you impressed that I would share with them today. Lord, I know these are people who love their families. They love their spouse. But God, they're also under target of a spiritual warfare. And I know the devil would tear their families apart And he would want to have their children, but God, I pray that you would help them to know the things they could be reminded to do day in and day out to create the kind of climate that helps develop a disciple-making culture so that in the future, their children will do the same thing with their families. We'll give you the praise and the glory for what you do if we pray through Christ. Amen.